G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. With our for Fantasy podcast, it doesn't talk about the superstars when they talk about the lesser knowns and the players they're going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Uh, not too bad, Hef. And geez, tonight we're going to talk about some lesser knowns. Yeah, well, definitely. There's some, there are some superstars in there. Well, guys that are 2G, 4P anyway, but yeah, there's quite a few lesser knowns. I think I know what you're getting at because I, I saw a bit of a Twitter rant from you today about the state rant. of the trade period. And, uh, well, not rant today, but I guess over the last few weeks. You're not a big fan of the trade period. Talk us through that case. Um, trade period is the trade period. I don't think we're trying to commercialize, the AFL are trying to commercialize it too much, right? Everyone's been so upset that it was such a, you know, a shitty trade period, so boring, no big names went. But it's probably because they had, what, 17, I think it was 17 days of like basically 24-7 coverage of a trade period where most of the times we, what we might have had maybe the average would be 1.2 players moved per day. So it's just been overhyped, oversaturated. Um, so anything is boring when you, you know, are focusing something on something 24-7. Like if you're watching your lawn grow out the back every second of every day, you're not going to be excited when it grows. But if you don't look at it for two weeks, you'd be like, oh man, it's grown. How cool is that? I do get your point of view, but I think like, a lot of people compare it to the American style of things where- <laughs> Completely different. Well, we could we could be the same. Like no, if you we, couldn't be the same. If we if we tried, like we could, we could do it. Well, like, like I said, if there was more more invested into it, like it wasn't like, you know, just online. If there's more interest from the public, I think that's a difference. Definitely our perception. I think US are way more into this kind of period. I think mm. Australians in general are just more, they don't give a shit about it as much as like they probably could or mm. should. I think we're a bit more laxy-daisy and not as fanatical as say other boarding codes are we in, don't in have the money or the teams yeah, of the states. I know, but still, I don't know. I think it could be, like I do kind of agree with you. It, does, it doesn't work here, but we, we've seen other codes do it. So I don't know. But like if you look at the soccer transfer period, right, for example, like a player could go to any team in the whole entire world in that month. So, of course, it's exciting. Whereas a player could go to one of other 17 clubs or get delisted. So, yeah, it's not really like, what's the, where's the hype? There's no money. There's no actual, you know, there's no teams to kind of trade with each other about. There could be like, there was an article that came out today where you could say force teams to, like players to move teams against their will type thing, just like it is in the US and America. That would make it more exciting, but I guess there's, you know, financial things and things like that. We don't earn enough. Those players don't earn enough money to get moved. Yeah, but so like, I know people that haven't earned enough that their companies have told them they have to move cities if they want to keep working for this company or they have to go to another city if they want to keep working in this industry, which is like, I know plenty of people that have had to say move to Canberra to start Mm. their careers and things like that. Why is that any different for an AFL player? It's not really, but we're just common people. Oh, yeah. We just look after the elites and don't uh, look I after the little totally guys. Totally agree. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, but it's not like they're, they're not getting moved for life-changing sums of money. Like, sure, I'm not going to sneeze at 300, 400K, but like an NBA player probably earns, you know, eight, $10 million a year. That means that their family would never have to work again. But like I said, my mate, he moves to Canberra for 80 grand because that's the only place he can get a job. That's just what he does. That's just what life is, unfortunately, (laughs) for us players. Anyway, uh, we'll get stuck into the podcast in a second, but uh, we will thank uh, Remedy Kombucha. I should be using this camera. I've got a new camera, ladies and gentlemen. It's pretty sweet. It's got like a little shirt on. Oh, you do have the the shirt on. That's what I learned from Trade Radio. Just keep plugging sponsors. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, But yeah, Kays, we had to actually postpone the uh, Mm. podcast from recording from Sunday. You had a bit of a a gut issue. Is that right? gut issue. (laughs) Were you not drinking enough Remedy Kombucha? Is Uh, that the issue? No, and I've been kind of avoiding all fizzy drink until my guts are settled so isn't this um, like the ultimate thing for like fizzy drink and uh, maybe we'll find out I'll find out I'll tell you how I'm going tomorrow this could be the absolute game changer my uh, stomach needs at the moment 
Oh, well, I hope it doesn't. Uh, whatever you've got doesn't, uh, you know, make me sick. But no. I know, I know, I'm, I know, I'm perfectly safe because I've got this remedy kombucha. You drink three remedies a day. <laughs> I have been drinking quite a few. These ones go out of date tomorrow, so <laughs> I've been absolutely smashing them to get through. I'm thinking about just taking them to work and palming off to people. Uh, but we'll see how we go. Anyways, let's get stuck into the trade recap. All right, we'll move into the trade recap. Uh, we'll go through every player that moved clubs. And uh, Case, put your phone away, mate. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, go through every player that uh, changed clubs and uh, talk about, I guess, what it means for their fantasy game and maybe for some of the players that they leave behind at their old clubs, mm-hmm. who it gives opportunities to, who it strangles, and uh, so forth. So we'll start off with probably the the biggest, one of the biggest names of the trade period, definitely mm-hmm. 2G4P, and that is Jordan Dawson. So... I reckon he's in for a big season next mm-hmm. year, Case. So I think the Crows will play him as a wing because um, they lack their outside run. They've been playing Seedsman and Scholl there quite a bit. I think there's someone else that's been playing on a wing uh, in the latter half of the season, but I can't remember who it was. But uh, generally at the start of the year, well, most of the year was Seedsman and Scholl. And they kind of shown that, you know, the, with the amount that Scholl kind of got dropped as well, that they were lacking a bit of class on that wing. So I think... Jordan Dawson is going to be that guy for the outside run going forward. Um, it's going to be good for his fantasy game. I think he'll receive a bit of a bump, but I think it's going to be bad for his defender status long term because I mm-hmm. think there's going to be a lot of people relying on him in their defense, but I think he's going to be firmly in that Crows midfield. But um, just looking at City players as well, like hopefully someone like Dylan Stevens can actually get a gig now that uh, I know he's in, in coming into his third year and he struggled last year, but uh, that's a wing spot that's and vacant. But someone like Errol Goulden could actually come back and you know, you know know go onto that wing and benefit as well because that was his position as a junior and we've seen what a good fantasy scorer who he is. So there's, it's really hard to tell who could, who could get a bump at City because McInerney, um Chad Warner. Yeah, Chad Warner. McInerney, um was playing on the wing, went half back. But uh, looking at some of Jordan Dawson's stats, so he averaged 88.8 for the season. But his last three rounds, he averaged 105.7. Now, there was a 154 in the last round, mm-hmm. which um you know I think that's a bit of an outlier. But if you do look at the last five-round average, he was averaging 103. And then over the last 10 rounds, uh, he averaged 100 from the last 10. So mm-hmm. And that's when he moved to the wing. Um, at Sydney, moved out of defence. So I think he's in for a, a big season and a big career at Adelaide. Just, yeah, I think his defender status is in danger. Would you agree? Totally agree. Yep, I'm 100% on board. A big Jordan Dawson bump. Uh, I know your boy Cam from the Draft Doctors was a little bit, uh, maybe he's a trade high um, person, but I completely disagree. I think uh, Seedsman was averaging like 96 or something on the wing for the Crows and uh, Dawson's going to come in and be that prime ball mover. I like that Dawson can kick goals going forward. He can play back as well. So he's incredibly versatile. He's up pure utility. And if you're excited because one, you're the biggest Jordan Dawson man I know. <laughs> Number two, you go for Port. Number three, he didn't choose Port. So if he's a Crow, this might be the first Crows play you've ever owned and you're excited about him. I don't know if it's first Crows player I've ever owned, but uh, yeah, look, I'm definitely excited about what he can do at the Crows. That's for sure. Um, yeah, now nah, I'm back in Jordan Dawson. You know, I reckon he's in for a in for a big year, so I'm pretty happy with that trade, especially for my fantasy team as an owner. So we'll move on. Uh, uh, another lesser known uh, is Darcy Fort. So he went to uh, Brisbane, and I reckon this is just a bit of a nothing one for fantasy. The Archie Smith retired, so they're mm. basically just picking him up for more depth. Mm. Um, they play Tom Fullerton as their backup ruck uh, forward anyway. So I don't see him really getting too much of a run. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, though, we were big on him a few years ago in mm. the uh, uh, the Sample fantasy scores yep. in the year he got drafted because he did have a big year um, in the Sample uh, that year. So just uh, one that we did kind of like. So he, he's shown he's had some fantasy pedigree.
Canterbury, but in the VFL, he hasn't really done much since he's been moved over. So no, yeah. it's true. But I think like if you're you're gonna have to take him as a handcuff if you're a Oscar McInerney owner, for example. But like say Omac goes down, I think that Fort has the capacity to come in and be a number one ruckman at Brisbane over someone like Fullerton. Like Fullerton hasn't really proven his his yeah. worth just yet. So yeah, like he's going to be obviously, you know. Only draftable if you're handcuffing, I think, but um, would be one who wouldn't surprise if he did play um, as the solo ruckman and, and scored quite well. Yeah, no, nah, I do. He's, he's more of a pure ruck than, say, some Fullerton is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, it, I guess it depends on injuries, I guess. He's there, he's there, break, you know, glass in case of emergency Correct. type yep. thing. But yeah, just a yeah hole filler for Brisbane, which they need. Uh, we'll move on to Adam Chera. So I'd say it's probably the second biggest trade of the mm-hmm. trade period. It's quite up there. Um, but yeah, it's one of the bigger ones anyway. But it's going to be interesting to see where they use him, really, because we know he's capable as an inside midfielder and he's played that before. But he's also pretty effective on the wing for Freo at times this year as well. So they did chop and change him um, a bit this year. And the thing which has been interesting with, uh, Carlton is um, that they have used Walsh, Walsh on a wing before as well, but he's obviously now becoming an elite midfielder. So I'm not sure if they're filling a gap there and they're planning on playing chair on the outside. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. But there's talk of Cripps going forward this season as well. And you've got Kennedy who came in halfway through and tore it up. Then you've got George Hewitt who comes in who would definitely be playing, but we think he would definitely be playing midfield. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was recruited for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the midfield makeup is going to be. And also, what do you think, Hayes? What, what does this mean for the likes of Dan? Alan Fisher as well. Just sliding more and more down that uh, depth roster, I think. But yeah, look, you're bringing in a, a cream of the crop player like Chero, who's going to be a star for the next 10 years. Um, I think him and Walsh are going to be the two cogs in there and almost Patrick Cooper's will be the third stringer. Like I think if Carlton are going to actually develop and threaten for finals or, you know, threaten for top four even, who knows, um, I think they need Chera and Walsh both, you know, fit firing and, and kind of leading that. Um, club into the future so um, if you're a chair owner I wouldn't be worried whatsoever but uh, if you're earning some of those fringe players I think Kennedy's probably the big one in the gun um, and with, with Hewitt's arrival as well so um, just be wary of that but um, I've got no no issues with Chera being a star next year yeah I, I think I don't think like he's going to receive like a huge bump or anything but that his natural progression will just follow and he'll turn Keep into just flowing. a decent yeah midfielder mm-hmm. it's not like because I think the kind of depth is pretty similar to Fremantle and yep. I think a role he plays quite similar as well but uh, yeah I just think he'll progress naturally as well uh, I spoke to him just before though uh, Georgie Hewitt uh, mm. you're a big fan of this guy Case. Um, I do like I owned him in a, in a league mm. but uh, I think you're, you've been on him for longer than I have so um um, yeah, tell us about Georgie Hewitt and what do you think about that trade? He's just one of those boys who I think's um, just always solid. He was never going to win you a game, but I don't think he's that player that will cost you a game uh, starting him either. Look, he did have a pretty solid 2021 20, season after missing most of uh, 2020 with the injury. Did take him a while to get going. Uh, only averaged 64 in the end, but came home strong. Uh, averaged 77 in his last five and scored 290 in his last two. I think that kind of 80-90 range is, is his kind of go. Um, he should come into next season fully fit um, and the club obviously wanted him they signed him for what four years on fairly big money so you're not going to do that without um, you know a role for him assume that Michael Voss is a, a fan of him as well because uh, that would would have been his call so I think that's a big tick for his job security if the new coach wants him in I think it's really bad news for someone like Will Setterfield I don't think we'll see him again um, AFL level you know probably hurts you know these two arrivals probably hurt you know your Jack Nunes as well um, even what as it does for, for Matt Kennedy we touched on he's the one that's really tough because he finished the season off in a bang um is Ed Kerno not going to play too much footy this year because, you know, he's that kind of in and under rugged mid that um, Hewitt can play. So going to be a real watch and um, see at the moment. But 
I think with Hewitt, he's going to lose that back status. Um, I think he played enough mid-time at Sydney late last year. So he's going to be – that's going to be a big issue if you're an owner there. But, look, I think with a redraft, um, you know, he's going to be a good round three, four, five option just to give your midfield a bit of depth, um, especially if you're challenging for a flag. Just a player who will play most weeks and score, right? I will add that uh, at the end of the season, just looking at all the um, champion data classifications, that George Hill is still classified as a back. Ooh. But the common sense rule, I think, um, may, means he's most likely going to be a midfielder, I think. Because that's where he intended to play. And it's where he played towards the end of the season. Saw a big bump. And that doesn't include finals as well. And he was a sole midfielder in the finals as well. So I think um, there'll be a bit of a common sense rule applied to that. And I think he will get mid only. The one I'm more sure of, I said a field I'm not so concerned. Like he was going to go anyway, I think. Mm-hmm. He's more of an outside player too, mm-hmm. um, which that kind of kills him as well and he's one I actually forgot to talk about um, in the chair kind of uh, segment but yeah I think Kennedy is the one that many people were pretty high on he'll obviously lose four status so he's going to be less valuable anyway but he was still scoring so well mm. but he's a pretty similar mould to Kennedy as well so um, yeah that might be a bit more of a, a struggle there for a bit of power there and to see who comes out on top in terms of the fantasy scoring uh, we'll move on to uh, Lewis Young so he also went to Carlton geez Carlton was a destination club this year they're big all saying so so many big names going like there. finishing ninth <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Lewis Young, he was used as a gap filler at Western Bulldogs, essentially. Like, he was recruited as a forward, then they used him as a ruck um, throughout the year and in the fi- some of the finals as well. Um, he can obviously play down back, though, because he's been uh, training there a little bit as well. And Carlton have actually said they want to use him as a key defender uh, this year. So, I just, you know, I don't think he's actually got any fantasy relevance, though. Like, they're pretty well-rounded in the defensive stocks, uh, Carlton. Uh, and if he's playing as a key defender, I just don't see him getting any fantasy bump whatsoever. Average 50 last season, that's with spending a fair bit of time playing in the ruck mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I just don't see that jumping. Do you agree? Totally agree. All right, let's move on to another lesser known, Nathan Kruger case. Yeah, look, um, went over to Collingwood from Geelong. I think he's pretty well um, hyped up as a, a good key forward prospect, but just hasn't really proved himself at AFL level yet, uh, especially in a fantasy sense. I think he'll give um, the Pies a better long-term option than someone like Mason Cox. So, I think he's out of contract or uh, delisted or I don't even know what he's- Mason Cox is- st- I think there's talk that he'll still he'll get another contract. He'll get a contract? Yeah. I think he's right on the, the cut line. But yeah. um, uh, I think it's obviously he's going to be the, the next um, person in line there. But look, Darcy Cameron was playing good footy lately. So I think it's going to be hard for Kruger to break into the side from round one. Um, bit of a wait and see, but he's that tall key forward prospect. You know, I do love my key forwards, Hef, but I, love just, I think he's uh, still needs a bit of work before I get excited about Krug's. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Do you think they call him Freddie? Surely. Freddie Krueger? Yeah, Surely. that'd have to be his nickname. That's, yeah, that's pretty lame by me. I probably should be more creative than that. You but, should be. Uh, yeah, I'm now embarrassed by that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh, embarrassing or embarrassments, because I reckon you are going to embarrass yourself yep. uh, this next segment. You're going to profess your love for a certain player that also moved to Collingwood. This actually might be the biggest trade of the pre-season or oh, the off-season because he's going to be the best player of the lot. Probably the best keeper league relevant player of the preseason. I think, you know, your Cheras and your Dawsons are quite big. Sure, but like, <laughs> they're boring. It's all about Patrick Lipinski. 2020 is officially Lipinski season. Uh, look, if you look back at some of his numbers, he averaged 85 in 2019, uh, played 13 games there and also scored three tons. He just never got a proper crack at the Dogs, um, just genuinely got bevoed. And look, it's easy to see the Bulldogs midfield was extremely good. You know, you've got guys like, you know, Libba, McRae, Bont, the list goes on. So it's a hard midfield to crack. Um, I think with, um, you know, Collingwood, new coach, they're kind of at the point where they're, they're in rebuild mode. So full rebuild mode, you just can see still side bottom playing permanent forward, uh, maybe Scotty Pendlebury across half forward or half back. 
they're just going to get someone like Lipinski and just get him in that midfield, um, let him play that natural inside mid game, which he's really good at. Um, and yeah, I think he's just going to score because he's got he's got proven pedigree, um, scored well in a very stacked midfield when he was at the Dogs. So I think the sky's the limit. Um, 23 years old, he is ready to go. He's definitely got the fantasy pedigree we've seen um, in the past. My concern more so is like with... Um I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be terrible at Collingwood or anything like that. But I'm more worried about like the development of players like the Browns, like Callum and Tyler Brown, who were mm-hmm. getting a few CBAs before injury struck those guys. Um, and then also um, someone like Finn McRae as well, who was starting to get a few CBAs towards the end of the season. It's just. And then they've got you know um, they got Taylor Adams in there. They got Chris that can go through there as well. Um, plus he pendles if you keep playing him there. There's probably someone else I'm missing. I'm bad with the yeah. depth, but yeah. But if you, um, some of the depth, like you know Chris Mann's retired, so he's out. Not that Levi Greenwood is playing much or Braden Sire, but you know even I think Josh Thomas is retired too. I think. Yeah, retired yeah, as well. So yeah. it's like you know they've oh, lost a few of those depth players. So that potentially keeps some of those younger kids in that side. But I think they've obviously got. Lipinski in for a reason. Oh, side bottom. Uh, are, no, Dugowie, sorry. Dugowie. Dugowie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he's going to complement that midfield nicely and um, yeah. hopefully take the next step in his career. Yeah, I do think so too. I think it just might stifle some of the other kids that we could be getting excited about. We might have to wait another year or two to see those guys. Mm-hmm. But that's the only downside to the Lipinski trade. But uh, yeah, I think owners of him will be pretty happy. And especially if you're in a league like ours, um, and like ours, he's going to be on the line where you cut and keep. And you're really going to be monitoring that pre-season to see how he goes. Mm. Um, I'm going to talk about another kind of lesser known or just a nothing one, which is uh, Jake Kelly. Which is uh, for fantasy anyway. Um, I think it's going to be good for Essendon, but yeah, I just can't see a scoring bump here or anything. Like he's never averaged over sixty-seven. That was his like complete best season, and that mm-hmm. wasn't even a BCV score. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more of a lockdown type. But the positive about it is that it should free up Jordan Ridley though, mm-hmm. um, and he quite often yeah, so really quite often has to play those defensive roles last year, um, which killed his scoring halfway through the year. So I think it's good news for Ridley owners. But geez, it's a bit of a stacked defense down there at uh, Essendon. What do you think? You're a you're a Bombers man. What's your what's your I'm opinion actually on this pick-up? very happy with the Jake Kelly pickup from a footy point of view. Yeah. Um, I think we just needed a, a proper lockdown defender. No fuss. Um, yeah, and I do think he'll just free up a couple of those more attacking guys. Maybe it means that Redmond can play a bit more aggressive. Yep. Um, Ridley as well. I suppose the thing to think about with the Essendon defence, um, we do play a pretty fantasy-friendly game back there. Now, I'm not saying that Jake Kelly's a you know a starter or anything week in, week out, but you know if you're coming to one of your last picks of the draft and you just need a bit of um, cover or depth cover in your uh, defence, I reckon he's not the worst because um, you know he'll get a few cheap marks and kicks back there just the way we kind of chip it around and, and run from that defense so i think you know if you from a fantasy point of view um yeah i think he's not the worst really really late pickup yeah and look if this year's taught me anything and i've known this all along but i always flirt with it that there's nothing more handy than having blokes in your team that are just play every week that mm-hmm. you can guarantee on a score because if you have you know, double finger injuries. Yes. <laughs> you need guys like this playing. Correct, Jeff. And you then you get f- donuts and then you get fined. <laughs> I only got two fines this whole year, mate. Two donuts. That's fine. That's um, good for a Kimberley. Doesn't really help anyone at the Crows though with Kelly leaving. I think it would just mean that someone like, like a McPherson first one, or whatever yeah. just becomes a proper lockdown. So, yep. um, yeah. No, yeah, no fantasy scoring on the result of that. Just, no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, another one that is going to be pretty fantasy relevant. I feel like I've left all the good fantasy relevant ones to you. I, you I did, did, you did, I did talk about Sharon Dawson. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Will Brody. So he's moved over to Fremantle now. We all know that he has scoring ability. It's just will the move to WA help him get a game? Um, obviously, it's interesting the cogs that are moving in that Fremantle side. So we know Chera has gone. Um, you know, interestingly, guys like um, Reese Conker and who else got delisted? Um, uh, Brett Bewley. Yeah. Taylor Jaman. Taylor Jaman. Jaman and um, yeah. Toby Watson are defenders. Don't but, really matter. Yeah. Bewley and, um, and Conker are genuine, um, you know, 
depth players or players that played most weeks um, kind of through the, the midfield wing role. So, you know, with Brody coming in, it potentially just means that he can actually get a, a first go start if they do think he's good enough. Um, look, it's just the sky could be the limit or he could just be an absolute flash in the pan. We're going to find out because he only played the four AFL games this season, had a 67-point PB. But if you want to know his pedigree, you don't know enough. Look, he averaged 117 in nine VFL matches this season, uh, had seven games of 100-plus, had four games 120-plus, and PB'd with 152 in the VFL. So, look, he's a very, very good fantasy scorer. Does he have the chops, the speed um, for AFL level? I think we're really going to find out um, early next year. Yeah, Len, look, some of his averages over the last couple of seasons have been pretty bad, which you've mentioned, but it's more so he's just genuinely played out of position. So yeah. he comes in, plays on that wing, which should do for Fremantle. Yeah, I think even looking at his time on ground, it was so low yeah, when he was playing go. at Gold Coast. So yeah. um, The thing is, he could start with forward status, so... Yeah. would be handy. If he he could be that up. one that's a free swing. The thing is, like, I think he had four status this year, but in looking at his VFL numbers, they were quite large. That indicates that he was midfield playing time. midfield time. So, yeah, yeah. but anyway... His uh, teammate, Geordie Clark. Now, this is a similar kind of guy to Brody. Um, purely fantasy hyped. He's got a bit more talent than Brody, I think, but just purely stuffed opportunity at Geelong. Look, I think he's going to land on a wing at the Dockers. Um, purely played round 23, so he's in their last team there. So I think he's one who can slot in. Compliments, you know, guys like Darcy Tucker, Blake Akers, um, you know, James Ash, as well as those runners in that side. So um, he's got some polish, just needs to get his uh, fitness right because I think that's always been the key with him at, uh, or the issue, I suppose, with him at Geelong. Just needs to get motivated, keen and um, AFL ready. So um, he could even slot across half back, but I think that um, Hayden Young's got that sewn up. I like um, Hayden Young being that um, mover from the halfback line along with Luke Ryan. So um, look, Clark's in for a big year, uh, gone there for a reason, I think, um, had – 79 only from 66% time on ground in 20, round 21. Also tunned up three times in the VFL. So he's got the pedigree, just needs the opportunity, probably just needs to get his body right and he could be in for a big 2022. Nathan Wilson was one that was still playing a bit last year, mm. wasn't he? So there's a spot that you could probably take up. Correct. Half back playing as well. There's, so a, few, there's a few yeah. spots out for grabs at Fremantle. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And they're, they're building well. So I think, you know, they've got a good core nucleus of younger players and if they can add, you know, someone like Brody and Clark into that side who take that next step, they could actually jump up the ladder quickly next year. Yeah, well, yeah, they almost made finals this year. So they were, um, yeah, quite handy. Um, so, yeah, I think just a few additions like this could really, you know, see them propel up to, you know, finals contention for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to... Jonathan Segler, big segs. He moved to Geelong and I have a, a big soft spot for this guy. Um, so he was a premiership ruckman in my dynasty league teams here. I think he had 97 in the grand final, which was uh, super handy considering I had Big Boy and Paddy Ryder as my other rucks. So to have Segler come in and out, well, you know, Ryder was injured, but to outscore Big Boy and actually play a decent role in a, in a fantasy premiership, I was pretty happy with that. But yeah, Geelong really finally have an excuse to drop Reese Stanley. Mm. Um like he's, he's 30, so he's not really a player that you're going after if you're going for youth or you're looking for the future. He's definitely in that Geelong trading window perfectly. Exactly. Bring in the oldies. Yep, exactly. But yeah, if you are if you are looking to you know push for a flag, he's definitely a player for you, especially if you're lacking in the ruck department. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get him quite cheap if he belongs to a team, or you're going to get him, um, you know, pretty pretty in you know, a pretty decent round in the in the draft as well. I don't think he's going to go super early, just given his age as well. But yeah, he averaged um. 
85 from round 13 onwards last year, which and 76 for the season, which really isn't bad considering he was rucking in tandem uh, for most of the games he was playing. And I think it's really um, good news for Ned Reeves owners as well, people that picked him up off the waivers last year or he was going to be available in a few drafts because people would have overlooked him. But it kind of clears up a number one ruck spot for him as well, I think. Uh, McAvoy will pinch hit and I think Reeves will probably left to do the, the heavy lifting. Your face looks like you don't agree oh, with that. Oh, really? Who you've got in mind? The well, big, Max, big Max, Lynch. Max Lynch arrived at Hawthorne. I think I know that, but I think it's it's more of a replacement for Segler going down. I think Reeves. I think they still want to develop and go forward. I hope so. Have yeah, so do I. But uh, yeah, Lynch is another one that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, before we do that, we'll talk about Mabio Cholkas. Mm. Uh, so he averaged sixty point five this year as that ruck forward. Um, look. Seems like the media always want to hype him as his ruck ability, but um, look, despite only kicking the seven goals last year, I think he's a forward who's going to back up in the ruck. Um, you've got to assume that Jared Witts, who got injured maybe round three or four last year, he'll be ready to go round one. Um, so that should be the perfect fit for Chol and the Suns. Look, he's really good around the ground. He's got a good tank. Um, just has some things to work on for his fantasy game to lift um, because seven of his 10 games last year were under 70. So look, I think he's going to be a, a good play if you do own wits. He should get that ruck forward status, which can be handy as well if you just need some, um, you know, spot fillers um, and some depth in that side. But um, I don't think I'm too excited from a fantasy point of view, but uh, definitely one to be handcuffing um, because you just never know how guys come back from ACLs. And if Jared Witts doesn't get up, I think uh, Cho will have to be the number one right because they don't really have too many other options apart from um, who was playing G- Graham and... Uh, Chrissy Bajess. And Bajess. So um, I think <laughs> if, if things go things go wrong, uh, Cho will be number one. So would be a very smart pickup if you are a Witts owner. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, definitely for the first half for the season because Witts will still be out for the first little bit, won't he? Interesting. He did it. He did his knee early on, so yeah, they can, get back before get twelve back, months. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But still, I think if you're a wits owner, you need to be handcuffing that one. So yeah, you need to be on him. Uh, let's talk about Max Lynch, as we mentioned before. Yeah, look. So he did put his name on my radar this season. He scored pretty well in the VFL. Averaged ninety in his seven games there. Also turned up three times. Uh, averaged a massive thirty-two hitouts, which is pretty good too. So um, played two AFL games as well. Uh, what do you have? Fifty-five and sixty-eight. Played against the Crows and the D's, which isn't too bad. So. I think it could be a solid Ruckman. I suppose the thing that's worried me and potentially worries you, Hef, what's happening with Ned Reeves? I know you touched on it earlier. You've firmly got Ned Reeves as number one and Lynch has just come in there as backup. Yeah, I think they just couldn't go into another season. Like if they lose Segler without a backup Ruck, I think Reeves is their go-to for the future. He's actually pretty handy this year. Plus he's a monster as well. He's super, a monster. Super tall. But if there's one club who like to fuck you with Rucks, it's Hawthorne. <laughs> you reckon? I've always had the Segler big boy. Where's where's big boy playing? Well, I think like, Reeves big boy's going to play fullback. The, the issue was more so that Reeves got injured. Segler came in and dominated, and it was hard mm. for him to get back in. But then he did get back in. But then I think they just finished off the tried to boost Segler's trade value towards the end. I think as well. The other thing you got to watch out: new coach at Hawthorne. So That's the does, big thing. Does Smitch like Ned Reeves? I think he does. I think he's going to be. I think the thing with Mitchell is just going to be going youth, youth, youth development, 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 rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. The unfortunate thing is, if you're a big boy owner, you're going to have to take two. Ruck handcuffs, I think. Yeah, you're gonna have to have, you have to try to get both of them. Yeah. It's gonna be hard to tell which one's gonna be the guy. But uh, yeah, I don't see a, a bump or anything for Max Lynch. I think he's there just as, as filler, really. But I could be proven wrong. Wait and see. Uh, Luke Dunstan for went to Melbourne. So um, look, he it's played like twelve when games. Braden Proust went to Melbourne. 
I don't mind this one as much, but anyway, I'll talk about that. I'll, I'll explain that a bit more. So he's played 12 games uh, last season for an average of 94. Um, and we all know he was out of favour, but uh, he seemed to be walking at eggshells when he was playing, whenever he played as well. He could be out the side at any moment, really. Um, but yeah, when he did play, he scored really well. And he forced his way into the side uh, mid-year just through good VFL performances. So he came in, a, um, in in round 11 and remained there for 11 out of the last 13 games. So he had some uh, big scores when he did play. But the thing is about those big scores, I think we're overlooking by a lot of people, is they all came against like the bottom sides. So we had 140 versus North Melbourne, uh, had 117 versus Collingwood and 111 versus Adelaide. But he did have 100 against Brisbane, but they were like his biggest scores and they all did came against just like bottom feeders. So it's hard to tell where he's really at and it might have more to do with St Kilda just not being that good as well. So they can only beat up on those bottom times. But I think the big thing with him going to Melbourne is he genuinely must believe that he can crack into that midfield because he wants to play in a premiership. I reckon that's what he's thinking and he reckons he can get in, you know, over your James Jordan or something like that. Um, one of your your youngsters, um, your sparrows, your things like that, and he reckons he can go in there and complement that midfield nicely. So I think that's what his that is what his mindset is, and you know I would actually back him to be in their best twenty two for sure. You so, reckon? Yeah, I reckon I would. So just not in not as like playing a prominent role, but he would be in there. So. Yeah, and I, I think this people want him to go to a shitter team because they wanted it for the fantasy. Of course, thing. we're but all like, selfish. But I think he actually wants to like get the best out of himself, and I think he's got genuine belief in himself. So I think it's fine. I honestly just don't know who who spot he's taking. Yeah, well, I just said I thought I thought James Jordan. Immediately. You reckon? But he's yeah. so good this year. And yeah. Tom Sparrow's a good player. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Even like James Harms as well. Someone James come Harms to. is a good player. Yeah, I know. They're all good players. They're premiership, good players. they're premiership players. But I reckon he's on those guys' level. That if he works hard enough, he could get to that kind of tier. He could get ahead of that tier. Either. But yeah, it just depends on his work rate and you know how, how bad he wants it, I think. If but not, yeah. he's a very good depth player for that side. And But th- that said, though, in terms of fantasy, I don't think he's going to score well because he's going to be not enough. There's too many mouths to feed now. Where would you take him? Yeah, he'd be kept in most leagues, wouldn't he? You'd- You'd keep Luke Dunstan. Probably my team. Never, almost been, <laughs> who's almost never been best 22 at St. Kilda and is going to a premiership team who has well, one of the get, best midfields and young yeah. midfields in the competition. He didn't get uh, he didn't get kept in our um, uh, podcasters league and he was available and people picked him up and were actually pretty well rewarded by getting him. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be hard to keep him. Depends how deep you go. Um, I just don't see him scoring that well at Melbourne, so it's probably not worth the risk, I don't think. But he's a player that could prove you wrong, I think. I just don't know if he's capable. And I don't know where you take him. It's just one of those hard ones. Because he was that guy who he had the highest average last year or something like that, didn't he? Because he played one the one game. game. Yeah. And he was just sitting at the top of all drafts because he had the highest average. And then, you know, didn't really play to the end of the year. I, it's frustrating because it's hard to know what's just going to happen. But um, I don't think I'd be keeping him. I don't even know if I'd be having a crack at him. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. It's, it's, it's a risk versus reward pick. Correct. So, he's going to go early and the player picks me is either going to be rewarded yeah. big time or yeah. it's going to burn. Correct. Yeah, so that's how it's going to work. Uh, Callum Coleman-Jones is headed to North Melbourne. So, he's the former number 20 pick and should become uh, next Ruckman at the Roos after Goldie. So, uh, in the meantime, I think he's going to be a pretty nice piece of that uh, North Melbourne forward line. You've got uh, Larky, Zerha, and now Callum Coleman-Jones. Uh, looked dangerous when he played some games at Richmond uh, this year, kicked some nice goals. Look. He even stated that he wants to become the number one rock. So, um, see how Goldie goes. I know that they recruited uh, Jacob Edwards um, as that ruckman in the, the mid-season draft last year. He's still going to be young and fresh. So, if you do need a natural ruck forward option, I think uh, Callum Coleman-Jones will be that guy. Look, he played seven games last year and look, when he wasn't injured, so he had one injury affect the game, he actually, his minimum score was 50. So, um, puts up at least a nice floor for a big guy. Um, look, 
I think I think he's worth a mid to late pick. Um, I think Goldie owners will definitely need to try and handcuff him. But if you're trying to, you know, um, white ant a Goldstein um, uh, owner, I reckon he could be one of the the sneaky ruck forward pickups next year because uh, I think he's going to progress to be a nice ruckman in the future. They played they played someone mid year who was like a ruckman ruck forward, and he got. Like consistent games, but he was terribly barely touched. Was it was it Cherry? Cherry. One of their ruckman, one of their ruckman like ruck forwards that they played. So there, there could be a spot for him coming straight in. So yeah, and I, I think, think he'll play. play. He'll play yeah. around one because yeah. he's he's a threat up forward, um, and he's probably the best ruck forward other option. Yeah, um, uh, there's definitely there's definitely and they're North Melbourne like so there's definitely going to be potential there. You got like I guess Nick Larky up forward as well, and but yeah, he doesn't really do that much ruck work. I'm just trying to think. They did play. They did play a couple. Um, they did play a couple games where they played like you know goals in up for, and they played. Uh, Charlie was it Charlie Coleman that played those few games, yeah. and he scored uh, like. A Cherry bit played. What did he play? He like played. late on the, in the season, he played, played mid season for eight games. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He got eight games in a row, and it was like, mm. and it was terrible. So like, he barely touched the thing. So it feels like that's a role that they want to exploit, like you know, a, a, a key forward ruck type thing. Um, and yeah, he could be the go to guy for them. So yeah, I reckon he's going to be in line with the game. I just don't know how well he's going to score. That's all. But you know, we'll wait and see what happens there. I think it'll be handy. Okay, uh, we'll move on to Port Adelaide. Jeremy Finlayson. So he's basically just there to play Laddams' role up forward if he's best twenty-two. So you got to remember he's behind, you know, Dixon, Georgiades, and Marshall already straight off the bat. We're playing Laddams. We're playing like this quadrangle of doom with four tools that just kind of worked some weeks when we were beating up on shit teams like Port usually do, but uh, didn't really work against the the better teams going in there. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if Finlayson is going to be overly fruitful um, in terms of fantasy scoring. Like we all know, Laddams really struggled up forward. Port Adelaide just because he was behind those names and we'll talk about the Laddams trade soon but I was talking to you before the show like the actual decision to trade Laddams is kind of baffling when you're like I think we got what he was worth don't get me wrong but I just thought there was no point trading him unless you were going to get way overs for him because and there's no point picking up I don't know the Finlayson was super cheap but I don't think he offers that much more like he can't go on the ruck and play a backup ruck role like Laddams can I don't know I just I just don't rate the trade at all and that trade and then yeah getting Finlayson in is kind of a bit of a nothing one for me are they worried that big Charlie's on his last legs well there's rumours that he's going to get traded this year like he, apparently there's a rumour he sold his house in Adelaide and his missus moved up to Gold Coast and things like that so mm. um, but I think he's definitely getting towards the end of his career but I don't think Finlayson is the answer I'd rather go to the draft so who's going to be the second ruck uh, uh, Sam Hayes so I mean he, in a game oh probably no we won't play well we, we'll play Dixon I guess as yeah, the tall as the backup yeah, right. as a backup yeah yeah but um, yeah, we might play Hayes, but I just don't see, like he can't really play forward. He was the best and fairest Rutman in the reserves. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I just don't see Finlayson as just immediate best 22. And in terms of fantasy, which is what we had to talk about, just don't see him being anything. Unless he can like go back to his like early career and be a halfback flanker type thing, which I just don't see that it's happening either. pretty swing because he's probably a better swingman than Dixon, Georgiades or Marshall. Maybe, but we've got heaps of those types anyway. Mm. So I don't know. I'd rather do something like do my, play Marshall in that role. Anyway, if that was, a, yeah, if that was the case, probably a bit more athletic. So what will the average next year if he does actually get a game? Oh, 65, I reckon. But yeah, anyway, we'll move on to another guy that's probably not that fantasy relevant, and that is Robbie Tarrant. Um, he has been serviceable in the past. I think mm. last year in the Corona Ball, he was actually quite serviceable. We put up, mm. you know, some good mid-60s scores, which were like, you know, equivalents to 80 BCVs. But um, I don't think anything really changes for him in terms of role or job security. Um, just struggled last year after having kidney surgery and then had a groin niggle early too. Um, but yeah, he's been a handy player in the past, past, as I said. But I just think he's one of those good bench slash reserve options that are going to be available in most drafts, but it's not worth looking 
yeah, further. No, I think he'll average 65 again. That yep. goes 60, you know, around that, but then have a few games here and there where he gets some big 80s or tons up. Yeah, I think he turned up, had one big ton last year. So, yeah, he's I capable of doing it. Going to Richmond, he's going to be the guy that they're going to leave as the pure defender defender and just let all the other boys float across like Vlosten. Um, Bolter. Yeah, they can just yeah. kind of have free reign and, and Terrence locked down. So um, he's he's serviceable, but I, I don't think – I think there's probably better defender options next year than Robbie Talent, who's probably going to be 33. Yeah, list filler, you know, plays every week, you know, takes up a spot on your bench. That's basically what he does. Um, look, Peter Adams, we're under the Sydney now. So, uh, yeah, look, if Peter Adams can get the number one ruck roll at Sydney, then I am super, super keen. Um, and he should be listed as a forward uh, for next year too, which will be really handy. But I'm just not sure, if he, not sure if he does get that number one rock roll. That's the issue. So Hickey was just so effective last season. Mm. And Sydney probably see themselves as a finals fancy again after where they finished last season. And yeah, they, you, you saw them play players like Amadi and um, McLean, you know, as um, rock forwards too. Mm-hmm. So I think he's kind of come in to be like a, a more higher quality version of those, but only just um, of one of those two type players. So but yeah, the thing is, if he does, does get the number one role, then he can go huge. So he averaged 91 in the patch where last was out suspended this season. I think it was over six weeks, five weeks because of the buy in there. Um, but then he still had 72 average for the season and that included two sub 30 scores in there. So it's not too bad because those would have brought the numbers down. So he had a couple big games rucking in tandem um, when he was playing at forward two where he kicked a few goals, but they were pretty few and far between. I think you've just got to monitor the preseason with Sydney and just see what role he's going to be playing. If he can get the number one ruck role, say if he just you know comes on leaps and bounds and you know Hickey gets on a bit or he gets injured or something like that, mm-hmm. um, he could be huge, and especially if he's listed as a forward. But um, yeah, just thinking about Port Adelaide rucks as well, if you own Lysett because you would have been playing Laddams as a handcuff, you're going to grab Sam Hayes, who I mentioned before, won the reserves best and fairest for Port Adelaide. So he's coming through the ranks and he's going to be quite handy as well. Um, so he's going to yeah, you're going to have to grab him as a handicap in case Lysett goes down because obviously you can't use Laddams as that anymore because he plays for Sydney. Correct. Yeah. Anything to add to that? Um, no. I think yeah. I think he's going to he's he's going to be playing week in week out. Just what his scoring output would be, and if he can wrestle that number one ruck spot off Hickey, that's going to be the question. What? How old is he? Like 23, 24? Yeah, around that. Not so long. he's going to be the next next guy in there. The transition period you get him for, where he switches between being key forward to number one ruck, that's when you want him. That's so you want that year where you it want switches that year. over. Yeah, 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 you want that year because if he's listed as a forward, you know you can put up potentially put up like Rowan Marshall type numbers in that kind of mm-hmm. year, that transition year, mm-hmm. um, you know, listed as a ruck forward. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Pure ruck. Yeah. Uh, Sam petreski Seaton has moved to the West Coast. And look, I'm pretty happy that he's uh, left Carlton where he just wasn't developing. Um, but I suppose the big question is what position does he play at the Eagles? We know they've got a, an aging midfield, um, you know, Shuey, Gaff, um, you know, Sheed, they're all getting on. So does he finally get a chance to go into that middle? Uh, I'm not too sure. So 2019, uh, probably his best season, averaged 77.7. Um, and that's the best we've seen on him. So he's back home in WA. Could that help him mentally? Um, not too sure. But look, the big one is will he keep defender status? Um, if so, he can be worth a look and definitely hold if you're an owner. But if he's only mid only, it does make him a lot riskier. I think he'll be one that a lot of coaches will take the punt on because there would have been a lot that have held him through some pretty tough times. Um, and now we're potentially seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. So um, he was one of those kids who was actually a pretty well-proven fantasy scorer, I think, have from from numbers. So uh, if he can kind of get into that midfield and do what he kind of promised as a, a junior, I reckon there could be some some numbers there for him. I can't see it happening. I don't know. He just doesn't strike me the fantasy type. I don't know why. I think he's kind of – days are almost numbered but as they well. Just this is like a real life line. playing him off as like a halfback flanger back pocket and it just wasn't his go. Like if yeah. he's that bull or whatever that, you know, he – 
used to be as a kid. Like, get him in that midfield. You know, they need a bit of grunt in there. They've got a good young midfield coming through. He doesn't like, look like the player that will provide that grunt, though. I don't know. So would you take the risk? I wouldn't, no. You wouldn't I'm, keep him? No. Nah. Okay. I'll let him go. Yeah, uh, in our league, when you're in a keeper's team, but sure. you keep Luke Dunstan. No, fifty-fifty on that one. But 50, if Dunstan plays, he scores. It's more about the job security issues. You're just going to monitor that. So one. you keep Dunstan over Petrovsky, Satan. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. definitely. He's proven fantasy scorer when he plays. It's true, but don't yeah. you like some new role, new club? It's always fresh outlook. No, I like, reckon he could be a handy scorer. I do like that him. if it doesn't feel like he's just been thrown a lifeline as like a last ditch effort to kind of save his career type thing. That's what I feel like. But there's, there's like Shuey's always injured. Redden's old. Gas getting on. Like there's spots in that midfield up for grabs. There's spots know. in that team. Yeah, I just don't know if, he, if he's the guy you want replacing in the midfield mm. for those players. Last one, guys. Tim Last O'Brien. one, Timmy O'Brien. Big so, name. yeah, interesting one. Real keeper leg kind of player here. Um, look, the dogs needed a bit more height uh, and have recruited that kind of tall swingman player. Look, assuming he plays back, uh, which he finished off the year well for the Hawks, um, he would average 83 in his last three, uh, even tunned up. So not too bad across halfback. It's just going to be interesting to see where he, where he sits in that side. Um, if he plays defense, um, I think his, his score is going to be much better than if he plays forward because, um, you know, forwards are not don't necessarily score as well but we know that uh, Josh Bruce did his um, knee late so yeah, maybe they I need like maybe is. they need yeah. um, him to play up there with you know English and um and Norton so that's the one or if, if he swings I, I'm, I'm kind of um, keen on his prospects but um, could be worth a late flyer um, doesn't super excite me but um, look he's shown that he can score if the role's right um, does have that ability but he's a bit old he's like 27 28 so um, look, just more of a depth player but you know one who I'd be taking over you know a couple of the other you know key defenders key tools around all right, that wraps up the uh, trade and free agency recap. There will be some delisted free agents and stuff like that, which we'll talk about in the future uh, when they actually happen. But we thought it was important just to wrap that up straight after the, the period so we could uh, yeah talk about that and get a podcast out there for you to listen to. Anyways, there's a few questions that came through, so we'll get on to them. All right, Kays, who's uh, the first question come from? From at Henry Katz. Who's worth targeting out of the delisted players? Uh, is anyone worth taking a stab at who might get a lifeline? The big one this week has been Charlie Constable. So yeah, a lot of people are baffled that he has been delisted just given what he's shown. I know like Geelong obviously have their reasons um, and, you know, that is, you know, a few fitness things, a bit of tank, all that sort of stuff. But we've seen him be a, a pretty handy fantasy scorer, for, especially for a guy his age when he has played. So he's going to be one that's, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be on a lot of people's lips if he does get picked up, which he probably should. The other one, Kay, is friend of the show, Trent mm. Demont. You were pretty devastated about this one. I just can't see how he's not best 22 at North Melbourne. <laughs> no, they're that bad. They obviously just want to play the kids through there, and it might be just a bit of an elaborate ploy to maybe get Froggy back home in South Australia. So it should probably be handy for us you know, as, on the, as podcast It'd be interesting to know some of the, the background details there. but Might have to give him a call at some stage and uh you know when it's we'll, all blown we'll over base. yeah we'll, we'll see what's <laughs> um look for me i like james cousins one who could get picked up he's i didn't think he did too much wrong at hawthorne um obviously there's your boy uh damon graves as well Hef. graves you still yeah. can't say his name right i know <laughs> but uh look he's another one who could pop up without um without too much surprise uh who else just looking through the lists does tom lynch get another crack 
it doesn't seem like it. But, yeah, not um, now. Daniel Talia electing to have a year off, they essentially retire and then retire. Even though he's not fantasy relevant, is, I found is, I thought he was good enough to play somewhere else. Obviously, his body's just cactus. I think maybe see what it is. And obviously, fill in uh, Braden Sire. He's another big one. Could he get a go? Uh, I think he's. I think he's done. But yeah, again, he's shown some fantasy pedigree in the past. If he does, I just don't know if he wants it hard you know bad enough that's all yeah the other interesting one apparently rock the casbolt's heading to gold coast i've so. heard that as yeah i thought it was actually it was talking about brisbane as well before they um picked up um uh, geelong ruckman i'm just I'm a real sucker for rock the casbolt yeah, yeah he just he just clunks so many Doesn't marks fought, that's who it was yeah no definitely um yeah i've, yeah, I've heard know, that too so. charles up there but you know like He's say not- say wits has a delayed pre-season uh casbolt's up there and uh charles up there i think both of them will play are you going to pick up Rock the Casbolt if he's picked up again? You're going to, to spend your last pick on him. Of course I am. Yeah, of course you will. Uh, anyway, at AJS Hawker, uh, is Max Lynch worth a stash um, to see how he works with Reeves and Big Boy likely to only go for one more season? You did the, the Lynch research. What do you think? Yeah, look, if you've got him uh, and you're playing like a genuine um, – what's it called? Uh, Dynasty. Dynasty League. Potentially yeah. he's worth, st- worth a stash um, because he has shown a bit um, – I agree with Hef. I'm in Camp Reeves as opposed to Camp Lynch. But um, do you have to take both? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you, you do. You if you, if you're going to put both. a gun to my head and say which one do you want to start next season, I'd be Reeves. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I know. But just going back to it, you need to have all three of those guys in your side. You know, just in case you don't have a Rutman or you want to have a very good Rutman from another side in your side. Um, I think if as a stash, you'd, you'd want to be a deep league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, deep dynasty, just like you said, then you can make a case, but yeah, not if it's a shallower one, that's for sure. Um, at Isaac underscore WF, uh, George Hewitt worth a look uh, with back status and potentially playing midfield. We kind of touched on this already. But if you, uh, you've called it, he's got back status. No, so I didn't call it. I said common sense will probably mean he loses it, but have called it. Right he's now. He's got back status. And if he does, I think he's definitely worth a play. <laughs> right now, Champion Data has him listed as a midfield defender. So yeah, have to wait and see. First. Have to wait and see. I don't think he'll keep it, just for the record. Um, next one, Kays, what's the question? At Stando101, uh, Hately, any chance of getting a game at the Crows now? Um, yeah, I think so. Like With Hately, there was a lot of groin issues that's come out since kind of the end of the season that he was struggling with all year. And if you look back through the injury report, when he missed sample games, it was just like groin, groin, groin. So I, don't, I haven't written off Hately just yet. I'll, I'll definitely am a lot more nervous than I was about him last year. But what we saw him kind of be able to produce in the Crows preseason trials and things like mm-hmm. that, I think there was some genuine injury concerns with him. So I'm being, I'll be willing to throw him a lifelong in my Keeper League team and pick him up somewhere in the draft. And what we've seen from the Crows midfield, um, you know, last year, like they still needed a couple bigger body guys in there. Like, yeah. you know, Schoenberg's developing nicely. They've still got Sloan. Uh, you know, Keyes is in there as well. But, um, you know, they can't just roll a, I don't know, um, Berry or um, Cook or something like that straight in there. They need that bit more developed. So, Hately's that guy. And, uh, you know, I hate talking about Hef, but just off the top of my head, he could be a great classic pickup next year. He'll be cheap as chips, wouldn't he? Um, because he played a few games, he might not be. I'm not sure what his average was, so it depends on that. That's why you don't listen to me for fantasy. <laughs> I, I can't remember off the top of my head what he would be priced at, but uh, yeah, I'm not that I'm not that fantasy focused. I mean, classic focused as much as you make me out to be. Yes, you are. <laughs> anyway, uh, Nathan Ayres, um, with Dawson's move, does that help him uh, with increasing his average on 88 last season? What can you see him averaging? And the other question is, does Langford keep forward status? So, what do you see Dawson averaging next season? Hundred. I think 95, yeah, on the wing. I'm, um, big, I'm big on Dorso. The only thing I'm not thinking 100 is like you don't see a lot of 
outside types go that large. Like they're usually around the 90 mark. That's but I right. think he's going to have a big season moving clubs, though. He'll have that bit of a bump. Paul Seedsman yeah. averaged like 95. Jordan Dawson is twice yeah, I think the player. Be, I Paul think he'll be about the same, yeah. Because he'll get that kind of role and they'll still use Seedsman. For me, know. there's no way I'd be trading Dawson, even if he lost back uh, back status. Yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be keeping him too. But yeah, it's just I wish – I hope he keeps back status. I'm pretty, I think he will for one more season anyway. Um, and Langford, uh, does he keep four status? So that's You're yeah, the guru. Boy, uh, yeah, he's listed as midfielder only. I'm not a guru. I'm just going what champions I'd have him listed You're as. You're a guru. I, I would, off my remedy, can butcher gut feel. I think he's a mid only next year. Well, I didn't watch heaps of Essendon because you generally do the Essendon games. And I, I usually watch other games if someone's playing, just kind of cover podcast stuff. But yeah, every time I saw him, he seemed to be kind of further up the ground in the midfield mm. on a wing, you know, that sort of thing yep. as well. So um, yeah, that's uh, Langford, I think, will be a midfielder only as well, which would be unfortunate for owners. But there's, he's every chance of getting it back when, you know, a few players develop and come he, through that he, midfield. He rolls into that tough to keep position as a mid oh, only. He always does every year, doesn't he? As a mid only, it right. makes it tougher. Yeah, true. But yeah, and even as a forward, sometimes he's hard to keep, um, depending on what role he actually gets. Uh, just looking through the stream chat, uh, what we've got, uh, Casbold at Suns, we talked about that. Um, thoughts on Dunstan and Fiorini. So we talked about Dunstan earlier. What do you think about Fiorini going into this season? Do you think he can be trusted to go do what he did at the end of last season? I don't trust Braden Fiorini ever. I trust Fiorini. I don't trust Stuart Jew. That's my issue. So, you know, with Anderson, with Rao coming back through, does that kind of put Fiorini back to the pack a bit? But then, yeah, there's a lot of kids still coming. We didn't see, um, who was that? You know, Jeremy Sharp only came in late. Yeah, oh, uh, the um, yeah, the draftee. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> the good draftee yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> Early draft pick. Uh, it's going to come to me, but I can't get it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was quite a few that didn't actually kind of debut this year as well. That he didn't debut, and they've still got a lot year. of like Gold Coast throughout their whole list have a lot of good quality players. So yeah. um, I'm just padding, <laughs> trying to trying to <laughs> remember the name. It's but not, you know, it's like, not coming you know, like Sam Flanders, you know, yeah. still gets opportunity. Uh, Elijah Hollands is the player that's that we're the one. Thinking yes. about. You know, so he didn't play a game at all last year. Yeah, you know what happens with you know Rory Atkins? You know he had a stinker. Does he bounce back? Elijah you know, like, Hollands is a f- mid forward though, so you could roll up there a bit as well. Correct. Yeah. But, you know, what is, how does it hurt Fiorini? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't trust Stuart Jew. Like, I think he'll prioritise kids over him. And I think what, he did what he did because he had Rao just, you know, easing back into it. You had yep. Anderson playing a bit like more of an outside role. You think he'll move more inside as he progresses. So, yeah, I just don't trust Stuart Jew. So, I'm not big on Fiorini. I'd be trying to sell high if I could, mm. I reckon, right now. And the only other thing was uh, Warnie saying epic work on the stream, Hef. So, give myself a pound on the back for that one. Pat yourself on the back. Thank you, Warn Dog. All right, uh, that wraps up the uh, trade and free agency recap podcast. Uh, make sure you get around us on our socials um, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, anyone who ordered a black T-shirt, we should have worn those on the pod tonight. Actually, the, they got sent out uh, last Friday, so I think one got delivered today. So on my Australia Post account, and I think Sweet. the rest are pretty close to those who ordered them. But uh, yeah, so keep your eye out for those those people who ordered those. There might be a few leftovers for sale or later on we'll have to count them up and see what we got but um, yeah stay tuned to our socials if you want to get yourself a Black Keeper League tee there's a few white ones as well uh, thank you to Remedy Kombucha and uh, make sure you renew your membership if you signed up before November uh, last season so people who signed up after November they will automatically renew if you want to keep going um, whereas people who signed up before have to manually renew from your account page on uh, keepleagpod.com.au so just a reminder if you do want to keep going as a member and you signed up before November last year you'll need to uh, automatically renew uh, sorry you have to manually renew your account but anyways uh, we'll leave it at that case uh, any final words from you 
No final words. I hope this remedy really helps my gut. <laughs> so do I, mate, for your sake. Uh, we'll be back uh, for the members around draft time to do our draft special um, and stay tuned to our website for a few draft profiles that will be going up uh, in early November. So we'll you, you'll see from us and you'll hear from us soon. Uh, enjoy your off-season, I guess. Correct. Take it easy. See you guys. See you later.